everyone. Welcome to Health Addicts. Remember, this show is just for entertainment purposes only, meaning I'm not your doctor. So if you have questions about anything related to your health, gotta ask your doctor, okay? Otherwise, enjoy the show and enjoy the content. Man, how many carbs are too much carbs? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I even supposed to be taking vitamins? I guess I better listen to the Health Addict Show. show for you today and it's about GSWs and no I am not talking about the Golden State Warriors I'm talking about gunshot wounds so what am I talking about a gunshot wound I'm talking about trauma caused by a ballistic weapon more specifically a gun and a bullet is penetrating the body at a very high velocity it's not simply just something small that's being thrown at a certain speed we're talking supersonic speeds and it's hitting the body with all this energy. And penetrating injuries are very important to understand because there's a second leading cause of injury related to death here in America. And gunshot wounds are not super, super frequent, but they're pretty frequent. More than 60,000 to 80,000 people have non-lethal firearm injuries every year. And of course, this is including self-inflicted, um, suicidal, or even a police-assisted suicidal or accidental. So it's a lot of firearm injuries. So what we're sticking to today, though, is we're sticking to just what gunshot wounds do to the body. And even with a Kevlar vest or the ceramic vest, what it does to the body. Um, we'll go over different types of wounds. We'll even go over where the best place to get shot at if you have to get shot, which hopefully no one does get shot. But we'll just go over all the stuff that we can for today. So there's two basic concepts that we need to understand. The first one is high velocity versus low velocity. And low velocity is about 1,200 feet per second, which is still ridiculously fast, but the higher velocity is anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000 feet per second. And this heavily changes the amount of energy and impact power a bullet has. Low velocity weapons are probably more like your pistols, and there's still some rifles that have low velocity, but your rifles that are used in the military for sniping or that we use for deer hunting, they're high velocity because they're made to shoot long distances. Velocity is pretty important because there's a lot of things that still affect the bullet once it leaves the chamber. We're talking about wind, air resistance, temperature, gravity. All these things affect the bullet while it's in the air. So even though the bullets are both dropping at the same rate, whether it's low velocity or high velocity, the amount of distance the bullet can travel is because of the speed it leaves the weapon. So by having a higher speed, it can travel a farther distance at the same dropping rate. The second thing is though, whether it's an FMJ, a full metal jacket, or a hollow point bullet. The FMJ is used more for penetration. It doesn't expand and it's made to fully penetrate the object that it's being fired upon. So this is why we use it for armor piercing rounds or hunting because of its penetrating factor. Hollow point on the other hand is the opposite. It does expand. It transfers the energy of the bullet into the object it was shot into, making it have less penetration. As the hollow point expands, it will kind of tear apart the object it's in, it'll drop around because the trajectory is going to change. But the more important part is it has less penetration, so there's less chance of the bullet passing through the object. 
That's why our local law enforcement use it. It may be concealed carriers because you understand where your bullet is going and you don't have to worry about the bullet over penetrating the object. Let's talk now about what happens when the bullet hits the body. The first thing it's gonna do is it's gonna penetrate the skin and this can even be done by just completely tearing the skin or the skin gives and it goes in, in a more stabbing motion because there's so much energy being transferred the skin doesn't have enough time to react in a slice so sometimes it's just completely ripped open once the bullet reaches past the skin now you're reaching inside the vessels and mind you all this energy from the bullet is being transferred to the person because the bullet's slowing down and energy is never created or destroyed it's only transferred so now it's being transferred and what's transferring all this energy it's causing vessels to erupt it's causing skin to continue to tear the organs themselves can be erupting or being penetrating and torn through bones can be shattering just from the pure energy if it hits a bone or if it's in close proximity of the object i mean just think about when you get slapped in the arm and how red your arm gets now think of something that has so much more energy and so all the areas that's getting affected by this bullet being transferring all this energy into you is catastrophic. And this can change whether it's a full metal jacket bullet, FMJ, or if it's a mushroom packing bullet. Because if it's a mushroom, it's going to stay inside and bounce around. And it's going to affect all the organs in the area versus a penetrating one with FMJ, which is just going to shoot right through. But you're going to have an exit wound now. So now you have two points of bleeding on the inside and outside. And obviously the scenario can change too, whether it's a gunshot wound to the head, because the brain is entrapped inside the skull, the energy has really nowhere to go, so the brain just engulfs all this energy and turns into mush, and obviously the brain doesn't like blood, so the brain's going to start limiting its, all of its process just from the blood, and obviously if there's nothing left of the brain, there's nothing left in the brain. The thorax can be just as much of a story, and I'm talking about thorax, I'm talking about the chest, because if you get shot in the heart, you're going to have all these problems just because the heart's not going to be working anymore. If it's in close proximity, it can cause a pericardial infusion where the pericardial sac that surrounds the heart starts filling with blood, which decreases the amount the blood can actually pump because there's just no more room for it to pump. If it's in the area of the lungs, the lungs can take all the energy and actually cause them to have a pneumothorax, allowing all the air from the lungs to escape just because of bronchopleural fistula. Or you could have blood filling up and causing a hemothorax, which doesn't allow the lungs to expand either. So it's making it really, really hard to breathe. As far as your gastrointestinal getting shot in the stomach, this is another complicated story, only because of the volume of organs that are in your stomach area and region, in the abdominal region. So any one of those organs, the spleen, the pancreas, the liver, all your intestines and bowels, they all can be affected just by the energy or the sheer peering force of the bullet because bullets will bounce around too if it's a hollow point making all this area for the lacerations contusions and bruising to make it harder to stop the bleed the second thing though with an abdominal shot though is infection because your bowels have a ton of bacteria in them especially because it helps us with digestion so if you have something that loosens stool into that area you're increasing your chances of sepsis now, treatment for these can all be different. Just because there's different treatments for different categories, such as a head trauma, you're definitely going to want to relieve the pressure in the head somehow. So an intracranial drain is definitely going to have to be placed, especially because you're going to have to watch ICPs. And ICP stands for intracranial pressure. 
in the chest um, most of the times you have to put a chest tube in it's really one of the fastest and easiest ways to drain all that fluid that's building up inside the thoracic cavity you might even have to do a pericardial synthesis is when they actually draw all the fluid out of your pericardial sac as well mind you that pericardial sac is actually pretty tough so it's very dangerous too to put a needle right next to the heart now the abdominal cavity is a little bit different actually there's a lot of trauma attendings that have different opinions on whether people should go straight to OR if they have any gunshot wound to that abdominal cavity or if they should kind of just treat the symptoms as it happens. Most of them get a CT scan or a CAT scan, a computer tomography exam, just to see if there's any bleeding or extensional um, liver lack or spleen lack or any other damage that needs to be treated with the OR. But some physicians are, if they think the wound is actually more mild and it is critical, then they're going to try and treat it symptomatically versus automatically take them back to the OR and doing an exploratory laparotomy. Another area they kind of have some debate upon is whether people should be put in spine immobilization processes due to because they don't understand how much damage is done to the spine. There's very many gunshot wounds that are close to the spine. Obviously, if you get shot in the spine, you would want to have some immobilization, but just automatically doing it as a trauma protocol. They haven't really discussed enough in the research if it shows benefit versus outweighing risk of putting someone in a mobilization. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, let's just get shot in the limb then. And it may seem like a good idea because there's not organs there on your limbs like there is in your abdominal and your thoracic cavity, but you still have major vessels that run through them. The bones can still break if you get shot near them because there's so much energy passing through. So there's still a high risk of being bleeding out just by being shot in one of your limbs. There also seems to be some correlation with bullet embolization in the uh, limb area. And this is more small caliber weapons. It could be buckshot or birdshot from a shotgun or a 22 that this happens. The bullet kind of starts growing and leaching into the vessel and causes a thrombosis. But this is really, really rare. They really don't see this very much. So all in all, I think the best idea is just not get shot. Because then you don't have to worry about all these problems that come with a gunshot wound. So, let's talk about the bulletproof products. Um, the first one is Kevlar. Everyone kind of knows Kevlar. Um, we also have polyethylene fiber vests. And then there's also even ceramic vests. And each one kind of works in a different way. But the polyethylene fiber and the Kevlar are probably the most similar. And the main object of those is to disperse the energy. Those fibers catch the energy and disperse it all throughout that fabric so that it's not focused into a single point. Because if you remember what I said, it's a small object with a ton of energy and it's focused on a super, super fine tip. So it's penetrating power is super powerful and the vest helps disperse that energy off the tip and move it throughout the vest. So it limits its ability to penetrate the object it's shooting at. Now, the polyethylene fiber and the Kevlar vest are good, but they only take so much energy because you're going to disperse so much energy with these objects. So eventually, the objects are going to penetrate. So these are more for your low-velocity bullets that we're talking about, that 1,200 feet per second. Then you get into the ceramic plates. Now, the ceramic isn't like the Kevlar or the polyethylene fibers. It's not flexible. It's very stiff and rigid. Now, ceramic's pretty cool because it's made to break the point or even smash the bullet so that the energy is transferred out from the bullet and into the bullet and out towards the Kevlar and polyethylene fibers that are still a part of the ceramic plate of the bulletproof vest. The only problem is with the ceramic plates though is they do shatter when they get shot so they do have to be replaced. But 
over and all, it did just save your life. And it's probably a good idea to replace any vest that gets shot. And this is true for most other bulletproof objects, such as face masks, helmets. They're only good for so many shots. A very important thing to understand though is that even though you have a bulletproof vest or some other product on, you're still going to have trauma that happens to you. It's called behind armor blunt trauma. And this can be either bruising, rib fractures, organ contusions underneath the skin. So it's considering helping you from being penetrated from the bullet. But you're still going to get injured no matter what happens because there's so much energy that happens behind a bullet. But alright guys, we're here to the final one. Where is the best place to get shot? Is it the arm? Is it the leg? Is it the shoulder? Is it your butt? Well, you want to know the answer? The answer is either the foot or the hand. And trust me, both are still going to hurt like hell if you get shot there. And it's probably going to shatter most of the bones in those areas. But there's no real big vessels. And you can pretty well stop the bleeding in these areas. And most of the time, you could probably get surgery and have a full recovery if you don't have too much damage to these areas. But I'm telling you, the arms and legs have major vessels that still run through them. So you don't want to get shot there, especially your gluteal area, your butt. There's large femoral arteries that run through there, including sciatic nerves, and any damage to those can be catastrophic to the limb. So if any person tells me you have to take a bullet, you tell them I want it in my foot or my hand because that's the best place to take it, but I still wouldn't recommend getting shot in either one of those places. So what could you do while you wait to get to the hospital or wait for the ambulance for someone with a gunshot wound? First thing is apply pressure. You gotta apply pressure to the area to help stop the bleeding. Um, if it's a, it's a giant wound, you might even need a tourniquet to cut off the circulation to that area so it's not hemorrhaging the blood right out of that opening. There's also products called Instaclot, and they actually are put into the opening of these wounds and they automatically clot them so that the blood isn't escaping outside of the skin. Of course, they're still hemorrhaging underneath the skin and into the areas that the wound was shot into, but you're still going to at least stop the blood from exiting the body. Other than that, if you're not a trained paramedic or nurse and able to start an IV to get him fluids in case his blood pressure starts dropping, I mean, the person's going to start going to hemorrhagic shock in this point. You can go to neurological shock too, depending on the area, cardiogenic shock. So it's more important just make sure to maintain and stop the bleeding and call 911 and get him to emergency services as fast as possible. So that's the best way to stop bleeding when it comes again gunshot wound. But alright everybody, you are now gunshot wound experts to understanding what happens to the body when it gets shot. So, thank you everyone for listening. If you have questions, just hit me up on all the social media platforms. I'll get back to you as soon as possible. But once again, folks, thanks for listening and have a great day. Stay addicted to your health. Alright everybody?